0: Hello everyone, welcome to another episode of the Coastline Covenant podcast, the second in our Christianese podcast series. Today, I sit down with Michael and Nikki to discuss the idea of quiet times. What does this term mean? Where does it come from? It kind of means different things to different people, but for most of us, it's sitting in the morning, cup of coffee, Bible open, and spending time with God this episode is a little bit different than the other ones in the series because this is a term we like, but it's a term we want to expand. Quiet times don't have to be at a certain time, in a certain place, or even with a certain thing in front of you. You can experience God in a lot of different ways. And what's super fun about this conversation is Michael, Nikki, and I all kind of talk about how we experience God in our own ways of doing quiet times. So this is a really fun episode, a really good conversation. We talk about everything from escape rooms to Nikki's car. And so it's kind of what you get here on the Coastline Covenant podcast. And we hope you enjoy this episode and we We'll see you next week and every single week after that. Hello, welcome to another episode of the Coastline Covenant podcast with two people who I would say are, are very deep thinkers, but two people who were also born in the month of October. We are, this is true. We are in the yep. month of November now as the as this comes out, but you both celebrated birthdays in the month of October. Nikki, I, I was invited to a little uh, birthday celebration for you. I was not able to go. Michael, I was invited to a little birthday celebration for you. I was able to go. And I think people probably want to hear a little bit about this. Uh, Nikki... <sighs> Happy belated birthday. Thanks. The big 29. We're all all excited (laughs) for you. Eternally 29. Eternally 29. I'll either say like the big 29 or the big 64. It's (laughs) It's
1: it's just never going to hit the mark. It's never accurate.
0: Yeah. Um, But Michael, your wife reached out to me in the beginning of the month of October and was like, Hey, I want to do this surprise party for Michael. And it wasn't a surprise party. It was a surprise escape room. And it was an escape room that we had to basically consent to a lot of things, touched, grabbed, tased, getting wet. It was like a spooky haunted escape room. And you had no idea this was happening. And the day it was going to happen, it was a Thursday. Michael comes in the office and Nikki knows it's happening because I had told her this. I told her all this whole story already. This
1: day was my favorite because I knew it was happening. And so we went to celebrate Michael's birthday by going to Want to Chill. And I asked him, hey, what are you doing tonight to celebrate? And he said, I'm a little scared. I'm not sure, but I might end up do like he he knew that this might yeah. be happening, and he was nervous already, but he didn't because it was a surprise. So I he, think he was talking around it a lot,
0: and we were laughing so hard. I think. He actually said, I know what I don't want it to be. He did, but I didn't want to say that on air. (laughs) (laughs) And he said, I don't want it to be this haunted escape room that I told Caitlin about. And I'm sitting there dying because I know it's this. And then I start like filming Michael talking about this and texting it to Caitlin. And she's just absolutely loving it yeah any comment michael
2: (laughs) well by the end of our conversation where we landed was i kind of said i said i kind of want this to be what happens yeah
0: but i'm also real scared yeah (laughs) (laughs) so that was that was
2: where the trepidation came
0: from right and so just we don't have to talk about this for too long but you were surprised we ended up going to this haunted escape room in fullerton Oh, yeah. Give a brief synopsis of everything that happened oh, on that gosh. on that fateful evening. Oh,
2: yeah. So so I Caitlin, I thought we were going to go on a date. So I asked her, like, hey, do you have childcare? And she says, yes. Well, I, you know, she says, OK, you ready? And I'm and I'm getting ready to leave. And she goes, OK, here's your phone. Here's the GPS. Just follow it and don't look where you're going. So I'm like, OK. So I start following this GPS by myself in my car and up at Hunter's house. Hunter's out on the curb and he's like, opens the door. You ready to get tased, bro? (laughs) That's the first thing he said. I'm like, no. So all this to say, we drive out to Fullerton, have a good time. and uh, We did not get tased. We did not get tased. We met a couple of buddies there. Did you
1: get grabbed? Did you get wet? Did you get dragged?
2: Me,
0: yes. All of those things. They took my shoe.
2: Oh, yeah. They took his shoe. They locked him in like a cage.
0: I had to go basically sell my soul for some puzzle pieces. That was really scary. Yep. Yeah. And yeah, we were
2: good. I got dragged by my foot down a hall.
0: Yeah. It was gnarly. You also dragged your arm on a exposed screw, oh, yeah. which yeah, cut was, you open for real. Yeah,
2: it did. <laughs> there was, was like pretty a, there funny. was like a nail hanging out of one of the walls that as I was trying to get away, I scratched myself on.
0: It was just such a high adrenaline situation for like almost, almost, it was like over 90 minutes. The escape room was a little bit longer. And then you leave and you just like go stand in a parking lot and like process it. And you, you look back and you're like, oh, maybe that wasn't that scary. Like some guy was just chasing us around like abandoned realtor office for an hour and then <laughs> we got out. Yeah. But it was super fun. So shout and out Caitlin for planning that. You guys
1: that. paid for
2: this, right?
0: Michael didn't. I did. <laughs> <laughs> My wife,
2: I guess, did. I would, I, I would, would do it. it again.
0: I would do it again. I fully recommend it in the sense that it's a really fun experience that you can't really get anywhere else. There's no way you're going to watch a scary movie and feel the same amount of fear and adrenaline that we did in that room. And so I really had a good time. It was super fun doing it with Michael. We, we love our escape rooms. And so that was like really, really fun. Well, yeah. Hunter and I
2: have done escape rooms in the past and our two brains together make a probably really good brain. Yeah. Uh,
0: but, but not while we're getting chased by a guy with a taser.
2: Yeah. Well, and I just got to say, I got to shout out Hunter because <laughs> Hunter is the bravest man. It, there was a couple times when they when they were like, "Hey, we need we, you know you you have to ha- send one person to go do something by yourself in the dark." And Hunter's like, "I'll do it, guys. Yeah, I'll take one for Every the team." He time. did it a couple times, like maybe three times. So yeah, I mean, he was he was very brave.
0: And the reason I did that and I kept saying this before is you know I really wanted the full experience. I think, and I, I said this <laughs> to Caitlin, if there was a thing on the thing. On the, like the contract that says like, you have to get stabbed. I think I still would have signed it. Oh my gosh. <laughs> there was a point in the escape room and this is the last thing we can say about it. There was a point in the escape room where there was just a coffin and they were like, you, something's going to be in the coffin. And I, I literally said out loud, Oh, I'll go in the coffin. Lock me in. Like, let's do it. I want to, but no one had to go in the coffin, unfortunately, but I would have done it. Yeah. What was it called? Zoe? Zo- Zoe. So, shout out Zoe. <laughs> Offer code Coastline for your f- first five minutes free while you get chased around a haunted escape room. <laughs> but that is pretty much the antithesis of what we're talking about today. We are here in our Christian Ease Service, Service, Christian Ease series here on the, the podcast. Last week, we talked about fellowship with Garrick and that term and and all of the nuances and the definitions behind it talked about how it got into the church from the outside world, how the church has used it and um, how the church maybe uses it in correct ways. And it's a good conversation. And I'm excited for this one because it's going to be a lot different because this term is not one that really was found outside of the church, A, but B, it's also a term that like not so much churches use, but individual Christians use a lot. And the term today, the definition today is quiet time or daily devotion, or this idea that the best way to start your morning is a cup of coffee and a lot of Jesus, as they say on every Hobby Lobby t shirt I think I've ever seen in my <laughs> entire life. And so I asked you guys to come on because you guys are formation minded, spiritually, really deep. And I know that this idea of like quiet time, daily devotions has meant a lot to you over the years. But I think, again, it's another term that people just say all the time. And Nikki, Maybe your definition of quiet time is different than mine, different than Michael's. And so I was hoping in this conversation we can just define it, maybe look a little bit at the history and then ask the question like, are quiet times the most important thing in a Christian's day? Are they the most important way for you to hear from God? Is it the best way to hear from God? And so we'll explain all those things and and tease all those out. But then I want to ask you guys, I want to start with this. Michael, we'll begin with you. What is your personal definition of a quiet time? Someone comes to you and says, I did a quiet time this morning. What's the first thing that comes to your mind?
2: Yeah, I think um, if I, if someone was telling me that they did a quiet time, I'm gonna assume something d- different than maybe my own personal quiet time. To yeah. be honest.
0: Okay, so then I want to hear both.
2: Um, yeah. So um, usually, like when you think of a quiet time, you're thinking of a, a person uh, with their cup of, cup of coffee. Yeah. In the, probably usually in the morning. Yeah. First thing they do, you know, before their shower, before anything else, um, other than their coffee, <laughs> um, they sit down. By themselves with no one else around and they're with their bible and you may assume that they flip their bible open to some random page and point their finger down and say hey god speak to me through this verse that might that might be part of it or it might be some other you know uh, something else like uh, a devotional, like My Utmost for His Highest by, shout out, Oswald Chambers, a really awesome dude. Big fan of the or, podcast. Or uh, something else by, you know, Eugene Peterson or, you know, Jesus Calling is always a good daily devotion that, that, uh, that we hear people going through. So you assume maybe one of those uh, the person is engaging in. And the idea being that I'm going to start my day with some kind of short devotional time. Uh, chewing on a short passage of scripture or a short idea by an author and that that, that, that text or that idea is going to fuel me for my day. It's going to give me strength for the day so that I can get through all the things that come and um, I'm going to make good decisions today because I had my time with Jesus to to really set my day off. Right. Yeah. That's what I usually assume a quiet time is. And I think um, oftentimes with that quiet time comes some guilt if you miss that quiet time, um, or an assumption of guilt if you miss that quiet time. And and a, a sense that this is kind of, it's very religious for us. Um, for those people, of those of us who have a quiet time in the morning, it, it's a very religious thing. You don't want to miss because it's going to affect everything if we miss it.
0: What's your own, when? so that was maybe what somebody's thought is. What's your thought on quiet time? If you were to tell me you did a quiet time this morning, what does that look like for you?
2: Um, it probably would mean I was in quiet. <laughs> mm. <laughs> my, my life is really loud. <laughs> my life is really loud. I've got, you know, three little kids that are constantly needing things and have a lot of desires. And so my life's very loud. Yeah. And so for me, a quiet time looks like, Actual quiet, if I can find it. That is, is you know, usually a, a, like a, a proposition to Jesus, an idea that, hey, hey Jesus, would you speak to me? Would you be with me in this quiet time? And sometimes that includes scripture. Sometimes that includes, um, you know, a thought of the day, so to speak. But for me, my quiet time is actually every day in the shower and I go through kind of rote prayer that I say every day. That's my quiet time. Yeah.
0: Thanks for sharing. Nikki, same questions to you. If someone comes to you and says, I did a quiet time, your first thought. And then if you were to tell somebody, what is your definition of quiet time?
1: Yeah, I think I had the exact same thought as Michael when you asked the question is, well, I know what I'm assuming someone else is saying when they use the term quiet time versus what I actually do or practice, which is a little different. I would assume something similar to what Michael was saying. I think the other thing I assume is that it's the daily thing is short, it's like 15-20 minutes. Yeah. It doesn't feel like super um it's biblical, it's biblically based, but it's you're not going to like dig into something meaty in 15 20 minutes right, right. so it's it, it isn't like this like bible class type idea it's something light something that gives you a little inspiration to get through your day uh, and yeah i guess i picture others doing it in the morning for me yeah <laughs> i am not a morning person like <laughs> at all um so I tend to spend time with God after work or um, at night, and I sometimes it is kind of a typical quiet time, but a lot of times it's not. It just kind of depends. Like I, right. I was thinking a lot about this, and I was just thinking about what is the purpose of this right and if the purpose of quiet time is connecting me into relationship with god well the way that i connect into relationship with other people isn't necessarily through like the short daily interactions it's through the meaty you do those are small connections you need that right so a daily quiet time that we like typical definition uh, is important but i tend to for me like a real quiet time feels like significant time with him so i would you know like find a time when I can sit for an hour Mm -hmm. and just be there and be present. And, and then that would involve, you know, all kinds of things. So
0: yeah. But like Michael was saying, sometimes life is loud and finding an hour of quiet. It's really hard. Michael chooses a shower. Mm -hmm. I think it's interesting because you both kind of said something that I want to get at, which is this idea that like there is this, there's like a scenario where a quiet time is exactly that, like morning Bible, 15, 20 minutes. It's dictating the rest of my day. But Michael, like you have you have the master's degree in spiritual formation. You say you do yours in the shower as a prayer. You know, Nikki saying you connect with God in, in different ways as well. So I guess I'm wondering, like in your guys's perspective, do you need a Bible to have a quiet time? Do you need scripture to have a quiet time?
1: I mean, it's just I, again, I use scripture as a, I'm doing a quiet time just to connect with Jesus Scripture's a bouncing off point into relationship with him.
0: Into prayer and into, into prayer. Journey, yeah.
1: yeah. Um, but I will then have other times that I don't know that I would define them as a quiet time mm. where I sit and to dig into scripture. And right. and so I think it just kind of depends on how you're defining this term of quiet time and what you are what your motivation is in the moment.
0: Yeah, Michael, what what do
2: you think? Okay. My relationship with the Bible is much like my relationship with any other spiritual ideas like grace. We think of grace and we think, well, just because I have grace doesn't mean I can keep sinning, right? We know Paul says that. Or uh, works, just because um, I am, uh, my, my, my desire to grow within God is is going to include works. At the same time, the works do not save me or I don't earn anything through those works, right? This is my same kind of dichotomy that I have with scripture, which is scripture is not a third person of the Trinity or a fourth person of the Trinity. It is not God. It is the words of God, so I'm not going to have biblio idolatry where I put the Bible up on a pedestal and say, "Hey, this is another godhead." It's not, though. At the same time, I believe it's words of life. I believe that it's, you know, Second uh, Timothy three sixteen. It's you know sharper than a double-edged sword. That it's profitable and good and useful for everything. I believe it's you know it's it's what we need. It's the words of God. It's it's God revealing Himself to us. So I have this this kind of middle point that I want to land. On with scripture, which is not uplifting it to this place to say that it's the only way that I engage with God. Right? It's not the only way I engage with God. God speaks to me through my friends. God speaks to me through uh, looking up at the sun when it rises in the morning and sets at night. God speaks to me probably through
0: worship music for you. He
2: he does. He speaks to me through my worship time, which often is founded in scripture. Almost always, it's I try my best to have it be founded in scripture. But all this to say, like there's many ways that God speaks to me. I think primarily through scripture. Primarily. And most authoritatively. And most most authoritatively through scripture. But I just want to say that as I answer your question, because I I think there's a unique middle point that I'm trying to hit in my relationship with scripture, which is not one of saying, man, if I'm not in the scripture daily, then I just have no, there's no through line to the Lord. Mm -hmm. I just Mm. don't think that that's, there's no biblical precedent that says I must be in the scripture daily or else God's not present.
0: Well, I mean, there's no biblical precedent, maybe, certainly, but there's no like early church precedent either. They didn't have what we have in the bound Bible, 66 books or an app, obviously. And so it's funny to think of Quiet Times being a fairly newer discipline in spiritual formation and in spiritual disciplines. Like 300 years ago, this wasn't something that you could like necessarily do so easily, although it is something that you find in the Puritans specifically. That's kind of, I think, where the idea of like waking up and doing your morning devotion started. You had said something interesting, Michael, and Nikki, I want to kind of push it over to you for a second, where you had said, like, it's rooted in Scripture. And so when you, when you say, like, you have the hour meaty time, and that's obviously rooted in scripture, where is your like for lack of a better term, like shower time? Like where it's not necessarily you sitting in front of the Bible, but you still feel that connection to the Lord.
1: Yeah. Um, I think for me, it that stuff is happening all day long. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of times when I'm driving, I'm just talking to him. I don't typically I tend to drive in silence because I think to me that's like a connection time with the Lord. And and it's not like I'm intentionally going. Okay, I'm gonna do this right now with the Lord. It's just like it's. A, I just have kind of an ongoing dialogue with him all day long, right? And um, your
0: Honda Fit can't. You can't get the iPod working, so it, it's, it, that's it's probably just a necessity. true.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it is an old 2012. So. Oh no, you could for
0: sure get your Spotify pumping through those speakers.
1: Um, yeah. The other thing that I think, um, if you know me, you know, I wouldn't say I'm a disciplined human being. Like, I don't have things that I do every day that I am. Okay, it's time to do this, time to do this. So I would say my relationship with God functions the very same way. Interesting. So it ebbs and flows, you know. So I have really meaty times, I have lighter times, and they all, I don't necessarily plan them out. They just often just kind of happen. It's like, oh, I've got some time right now. I am going to do this now, and I'm going to intentionally spend this time in prayer or whatever.
0: Yeah. And it's catalyzed by the relationship that you have to God. That's interesting. I think, I think what I'm trying to get at here is like, there's no really invalid way to connect with God. Quiet times has been used as a term that is synonymous with connecting with God when it doesn't have to be the only way you connect with God. You know, Michael in the shower, Nikki driving. It, it, it turns out that you can find God and you can experience God beyond just the early morning quiet time. And that's what I really wanted to get at because I have in my whole Christian life, up until very recently, and there's a lot of things that led into this, but like, believe that if I don't wake up in the morning and read my Bible, then I'm going to have a bad day. And I think that that's really, really kind of a pervasive idea. And I'm not trying to generalize or tell people if they're listening to it, that I believe that they're wrong or, or, you know, completely misguided. But I just think that that's giving too much power to the time and not enough power to like the breadth and scope of God's ability to connect with you. And also the fact that God is in control, whether or not you sit and read your Bible in the morning or not. And so I'm going to ask you guys, working in church, do you encounter people sometimes who say, well, you know, my quiet time, I didn't have a quiet time this morning, therefore, or maybe a better question would be if someone came to you and said, well, the reason I got in a car wreck today or the reason that I, you know, broke that important thing or the reason that I got laid off today is because I didn't have a quiet time. Go ahead, Nikki. <laughs> I
1: was just going to say, I feel like that's, um, when I first started ministry, I feel like quiet times were weaponized. Mm. Um and I feel like the older that I get, the as it, you know, generations go on, um, where Christianity doesn't function the same way as it did, say, twenty plus years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, so I used to hear that a lot more. I used to say those things to myself oh, a yeah. lot more, right? Um, and I think that's where, like, Hunter, when you first presented this topic to me, I was like, ugh, because I don't <laughs> like the term quiet time. <laughs> right. I just don't like it. But it's not, quiet times aren't a bad thing. No, not you at know? all. Not at it, all. It's more that I don't like because I have lived through the eras where it was a weapon or it was this, like...
0: Absolutely must or yes, else.
1: Yeah. And it had to look a certain way. And the older that I get, and I think that one of the things we talk about here at Coastline and being fully family is if you're going to be fully family, you recognize that the family has different gifts.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: And so like if Michael is a unique being and I'm unique, his quiet times and his relationship with God is going to look differently than mine is. Right. Mm-hmm. And he is going to have a different way he connects with God and that's going to be a really great thing and the way that I connect with God is going to look differently than that and so I don't know that's what I would say to that person is like the way that you do this don't don't lock yourself in a box in your relationship with God and I don't need to lock myself into one either enjoy him the way that you enjoy that and I will enjoy him the way that I enjoy him and I don't think God is out to punish us if we don't enjoy him the same way.
0: Or the same way every day or the same way before. And like I've talked about this on stage and whatever, and this is a fine space to open this up. I have OCD. And so a big part of my mental health journey is ritual. And I think that's for me where it really came into play where it was like, if I don't continue the ritual, then something bad will happen. That's just the definition of OCD. And as I've gotten older and gone through therapy, I've recognized that like things happen regardless. And there's very little that I can do to control them. So, you know, things happen whether or not I read my Bible or not, but I do find, Nikki, to your point, when I have read my Bible that day, or if I'm more immersed in scripture, or if I'm choosing to connect with God more, when those things happen, I have a way yes. better framework and a way better way of coping and a way better way of like, getting out of them and getting through them than I do if I'm not having a quiet time. So it's not like, oh, I didn't have a quiet time, therefore I'm being punished. It's right. bad things happen. That's an inevitability. I haven't really been connecting with God lately, so I'm going to really deal with this in an unhealthy way. And that's probably what I would say to that person. What's your relationship with scripture like four days ago? What's your relationship with the God like last week, how is that going to help you get through the bad thing that happened today that happened, whether or not you read your Bible?
2: Yep. Yeah, I think it's really interesting because to me, when someone says, I had a really bad day today because I didn't have a quiet time, there's two ways to read that. There's the, the way you were talking about, Hunter, which is I, I didn't connect with the Lord, thus I, what, I didn't have my eyes on spiritual things today, right? I, I get that, but there's the other way of looking at it, which is this intense asceticism like this intense. <laughs> open up that term a little bit. Okay, asceticism meaning like an intense ritualistic, uh, like a punishment of your yeah. of oneself. Denial of pleasure. Denial of pleasure for for spiritual gain. Right. Um, to say that I'm going to beat myself or I'm going to whip myself in the back because man, I just missed the mark today and I need to I need to train myself into holiness. So I'm going to whip myself. Right. And so there's there's self whipping there and. I think there's also a sense that it's revealing your your God image. It's revealing how you view God. Do you view him like your deadbeat dad? Do you view him like your intensely harsh coach? Do you view him from some past hurt, some past lens that says, God, you're like a human image that I've seen before mm. of someone that I I couldn't meet their expectations. And yet the the Lord that we know is not a God who, yes, he... he he corrects us for sure but he's also so loving. Yeah. His anger lasts a moment but his favor lasts a lifetime. This is a God that that is with us always that that has sent his own son so that we would have eternal life with him he's made a way he's a god that walks with us he's a god that puts his own spirit in the small box of my human body thus if i have this view that by me missing my self-imposed quiet time is going to make him so mad at me that he's going to make me get in a car crash yeah. or whatever like and
0: what a what a weird god image yeah that's that's a really really good point that's really well said and it's it's as kind of brutal and blunt as it is, it's very true, but it doesn't negate the fact that quiet times are still super valuable. Um, yes. especially for those of us who do live busy lives and can find a moment for ourselves. find a moment to use that time to connect with God. Nikki, for you, what do you think the biggest value of like a quiet time is of like carving out space, maybe in the morning where you're, uh, you're still fast asleep, but what, what, what's the value of a quiet time for somebody?
1: I, I just was thinking, you know, like, Michael, you were talking, I was thinking, I would not punish my daughter for not spending time with me one day.
0: All right, let's mm-hmm. get her on the phone. Let's see if that's right? true. <laughs> Call um,
1: What I cherish is that she wants the relational connection with me, and I... Really feel privileged when I get those times with her, and my favorite favorite moments with her are when we have significant time together. But I do enjoy the little moments throughout the week, and so a quiet time to me on like this—if you're going to look at it, kind of that 15-minute daily whatever—to me, I equate that with her and I having a quick text conversation about something, mm-hmm. maybe a quick phone call. It's the the daily rubbing elbows with one another, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then I think you have these other more significant moments when you can grab them that are her and I getting dinner together and really having a deep great conversation. Right. And that's to me, the whole purpose of this is God wants to walk and talk with us. Mm. He wants to be in relationship with us. And scripture is here because he's revealing himself to us so we can know him. It's, it not for us to like michael was saying to to hold up to some weird thing in the place of god it is a it's a, a way to connect with him and yeah. so you know i don't know I, I just however you can do that that's what quiet time is for is to just get in relationship with him walk and talk with him however you can
0: and the value of a quiet time is if you're a person who can really connect with god in that way you can connect with God. That's so valuable. But if that's not for you, it's not like you're not connecting with God. It's not like you're not doing Christianity well, right? Like it's not like you are not, Having a good relationship with God because waking up in the morning and reading your Bible is hard for you. That's not what it is at all. I would say that the Christian who's not reading their Bible and having an active relationship with God in that way, that would be a, a moment to, to then open that up a little bit more. But no, if you're listening to this conversation, you're like, well, yeah, this is feeling really freeing because I haven't sat down at the kitchen table in two years because my life is so crazy. But of course, I listen to the word and of course, I go to church and of course, I have a spiritual, thriving life. Like you're not doing anything wrong. In fact, you're connecting with God in ways that I think are really really powerful that exist outside of this and I think we put the idea of a quiet time into a box and it becomes something that we have to check if we don't check it we feel bad and then so on and so forth and the shame cycle of spirituality continues and that's kind of what we want to break especially with this podcast series though that we have a pretty good precedent for like waking up and doing a quiet time i think my my, my dude jesus does do that uh so yep. you go solitary places to pray there's a passage in luke five sixteen where jesus is alone in prayer um, and so I just think that like, it's important to note, like it's not out of left field where someone woke up one morning, like I know what we're going to do. We're going to trick a bunch of Christians into waking up early and reading their Bible. Like <laughs> it's, there's, you know, big churches out here to get you waking up early. There's, there's precedent and it makes sense. And like I said, the Puritans started this in the 1800s. And then it just kind of morphed into this idea that your day ought to start by you reading the Bible. And again, mm-hmm. not bad, but your spiritual life can contain so much more than that. And so- I think where I kind of want to land a little bit is like, is it time to get rid of the idea of a quiet time? Is it time to get rid of the term quiet time? I sent you guys an article as we were uh, prepping for this episode from Christianity Today. It's from March 13th of this year. The headline of the article or the title of the article is, Is It Time to Quit Quiet Time? Effective biblical engagement must be more, must be about more than one person's personal experience with scripture. So do you agree with that question or how would you answer that question, Michael? Is it time to quit quiet time?
2: Um, my answer is no. <laughs> I don't think it's time to quit quiet time. I think it's time for us to um, think about that phrase differently, mm. um, to challenge ourselves to think about it in a in a larger way than the way that maybe colloquially we have as Christians thought quiet time to be. Um, I you know, I just think like we are right now for me. Let's just speak for me I am in in a in a season right now where life is louder than it's ever been Mm -hmm. There are slogans on every corner. There (laughs) is something being sold to me There's things that make me jealous things that that are you know kind of pinging my spiritual heart, (laughs) my spiritual life, you know, pinging the spirit in me every day going, whoa, I, I, you know, I, I have to deal with, with that image or I have to deal with that thought or that idea all day long. I'm getting inundated with those things. And, you know, for me, having a moment where I can be quiet, where I'm not listening to a podcast, where I'm not watching YouTube, where I'm not on Instagram or some kind of social media, actually I'm not, so <laughs> that's not me, but I know for our listeners, just some space where I'm not watching Netflix, I think we often look at like our time at the end of the night where we're watching some streaming service, that that's our quiet time but it's really not. Wow.
0: I mean, I <laughs> um, I wish that'd be great. I know <laughs> I, I've been watching a lot of this is us lately. And if that was my quiet, I'd be like a PhD level scholar right now.
2: <laughs> yeah. I just, <laughs> I just think, you know, for me having a time where I am being quiet and I am being filled in relationship with God, but I'm also pouring out. It's not mm. just a being filled. There's also a pouring out. It's a, I think, you know, really what I would say is what if we were to what if we were to expand our definition of prayer? What if um prayer was not just something where we talk at God or something where um we get together in a circle and we take turns, you know, talking our ideas out and we listen to other everyone else's ideas and you know God hears them. Like what if prayer was was more like the brother Lawrence idea of mm. practicing the presence of God. Yeah. What if Prayer was actually a daily thing that we do throughout the entire day and not just in the quiet moment, not just in the loud moment, but it all all of it was, was prayer. What if we had moments where we were in relationship with God always and that would include moments of just like Jesus does going up to the mountain to pray, yeah. going to the quiet place to pray, finding a closet uh, or a nice sofa, whatever, or a, a nice view of the ocean for those of us who live here. Um, just what if it looked like all of the above. Yeah. Um, because I think um the world's not getting any quieter. <laughs> it's just not. So how do I find my time with Jesus, my relationship with him? That's what we're talking about here. It's not a it's we're not talking about a spiritual practice. We're talking about relationship with God that includes spiritual practices. Yeah. Um
0: and so And broadening the idea of that. Exactly. I love that. It's really well put, man. I think I think that's so freeing for people because again, I've talked about this before evangelical Christianity, I think we have such a, a desire to be right and to be correct. And I don't think there's anything necessarily wrong with that. But I also think that in that struggle, you end up only focusing on the correct things and not the things that like could potentially be correct or, you know, correct. Doesn't have to be just one thing. It's not binary. And so the correct way to connect with God isn't always waking up in the morning and opening your Bible. Right. And you see that with Jesus. Jesus does do that. He, he, you know, he takes time to pray and he's, solo and doing those things. But how often is he preaching? How often is he in relationship with others? How often is he pointing people back to the father in community, right? And so if he can connect with with God in a million different ways, I think we can also connect with God in those ways as well. There's no one size fits all. And if you think that quiet time is the one size, then you might be missing out on other ways you could be connecting with God. Which, man, how, how awesome is that? You turn this episode off and you're like, I'm going to go explore different ways to connect with God. Michael, you were talking about nature, worship music. Nikki's talking about, you know, driving silently in her Honda Fit. I'm just going to keep bringing that up.
2: <laughs> I think I think this is all
0: really, really good stuff. And Nikki, I want to ask you a question because um, this is something that I know is your heartbeat. Here at Coastline, we fully family, boldly biblical. I don't think those are mutually exclusive because I think that a huge thing you see as a response to this idea of a quiet time is like reading scripture communally or in... A group now in your life in your Christian life, what has your relationship with the Bible been like communally?
1: That is an interesting question. I mean, I think, I think communally, um, most of that happens in a worship service, right? right. And, um, but I'm trying to think of the times where I really enjoy it outside of that, and I. I think um I've had some really sweet moments where I'm discussing scripture with a friend or standing around in a group and we're talking about it. and a lot of times I would say this isn't even formal it just kind of happens hey guys I read this what do you think about this right and those tend to be I think the moments for me that scripture sinks in deeper because there is something about Hearing um, both someone's thoughts on it, but also someone's experiences, too, all kind of wrapped together and how is scripture working in their life and in mine and how does that compare to me? And, you know, and so I, I, you know, it is community is a really big deal to me. And so I think um, part of that is because it that is where I think God sinks deeper in yeah um and so yeah i'm just picturing like certain moments like that you you've been a part of a lot of these moments hunter where we've been a part of a group that was discussing something like that and those are Those are really sweet moments to me.
0: Yeah, I think you said something really insightful on that that I want to kind of address for a second. I think with quiet times, especially, it's just you and God, and you think that your relationship with God is solo and it doesn't exist outside of this moment. And every thought that you have is the thought because you've never really expressed it elsewhere. When you read a Bible, when you read the Bible together communally, it opens up your mind to other people's view. And I think that's very, very important. And I also think it shows you that. Just like what we're saying on this episode, the idea of connecting to God is very diverse. It's as diverse as the church that you go to. And opening up the Bible and reading it communally is such a beautiful practice. And I think that it's a really good counter to quiet times because you get to see just how diverse and wide and big the kingdom of God is. And you know, uh, the Bible Project, this is one of the first things I think they've ever done they ever did. I remember watching this video a long time ago, but they have a video on the public reading of scripture. And recently they published an article about what happens when we read the Bible together. And the conclusion is really interesting. I want to read it to you guys because it's kind of nailing what we're saying. Quiet personal reading is a good thing. Just like solo singing can be a good thing. But if a soloist is trying to sing music written for an entire choir, it'll either sound crazy or ignore much of the music. Reading alone is helpful and intellectually easier, but we are likely to miss much of what God is showing. Pairing our personal reading with communal reading, even emphasizing the communal aspect, will move us towards a deeper understanding of, of scripture, So, Michael, you're the guy who basically makes all the cue sheets for every Sunday coastline service. Reading that, hearing that, having this conversation, is there a way that maybe as a church we can do this more? We can add more communal reading of scripture to pair with people's personal readings of scripture?
2: Yeah, I mean, I think we already kind of have some of that in our um, community group format. Yeah, We've got communal reading of scripture happening in our community groups. Um, so... You know, there's definitely that and, and discussion as well along with that. But yeah, it, I'm feeling a little convicted as you, as you read it. Or that as was you the point, that. meant to just convict you, <laughs> make that you was sad. A little, a little uh, Christian jujitsu there. Yeah. Um, Christianese jujitsu. You do pastor jujitsu. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, yeah, it's just making me think like we really don't have tons of scripture reading in our services. Um, sometimes I'll start with a scripture and read a scripture over us, but really i mean we do have we have the the sermon yeah right? and we have and we'll stand and and read that out aloud together um which so there is some for sure <laughs> it's it's probably uh, for some people it's the reason they come but i do think like i'm thinking about during the worship portion of of what we do the singing worship portion of what we do could there be like have a congregant come up and read right. some, some passage over us or have us meditate on something. So I, are yeah. you
1: advocating for some liturgy in our, Oh gosh, oh, this, we say. don't have
0: enough time in the podcast to do this.
1: <laughs> some the higher litur- liturgy.
0: One day, one day when I'm running out of ideas for a podcast, we'll do the liturgy fight. We'll do the, <laughs> we'll do the March madness of liturgy who wins at the end of it. After all off, after all these conversations, but what I wanted to hear you say, and I'm glad you said it was like, there could be more space for it because again, I think, you hear communal reading of scripture. You think a pastor reading the Bible out loud at church. What if it's more than that? What if it could be more than that? What if we're maybe missing something if we aren't doing that? And it feels so weird to think about that. Like oh, uh, this Sunday at St. Angels, we're going to have a communal reading of scripture. It's like, duh. But <laughs> it's also like we're going to invite congregants to read the passage on stage. We are going to, in groups around the room, read the Bible whoa, that's going to change people's view of scripture. That's going to change people's view of God. And that's going to help people connect with God in a brand new way that they can then take back to those quiet times and use those as catalyzing moments for a deeper connection with God. Right? Like I think that's the beauty. If we can just kind of break the term quiet time open and say, it doesn't have to be just one thing. It can be several things to help you connect with God. Nikki, I didn't ask you, are we done with the phrase quiet time? Are we kicking it out? You already said you didn't like it, but I want to hear you say it right now. Okay.
1: Yeah. While I don't like it, I would definitely not throw it out. No. I think I would just expand its definition. Right. right? Yeah. I mean, time it's, with God. Yeah. It's just, yeah. I, I, you, we need to be in relationship with him every day, every like, moment. Right. That's right. the thing. Um, I just think that the term quiet time, I think one of the negative side effects of it is the shame and guilt that comes with it because then you start to think, Oh, I didn't do it today. God doesn't like me, right? Or and like whatever
0: bad thing happens, I deserve it.
1: Yeah, or even if you don't take it that far, what it might do is block you from then having one the next day because you kind of feel this wall up between you and God mm-hmm. because you feel like you didn't please him. Yep. And so I just I I struggle with those kinds of things. I don't like shame and guilt in our relationship with God, and so I I like to um I Eliminate it. Yeah. Yeah. I I don't want the shame that comes with the term, but I think the term isn't, it's not terrible. No. We need to be in relationship with him. I just want freedom for what that relationship looks like.
0: Yeah.
2: Yeah. I really just resonate with that so much, Nikki. I think like it's, it's like a, I think it's a tell that you're living in guilt when any spiritual practice you do, you go into begrudgingly Mm. and then you walk out of it. So thankful you did it. It's like, well, why was I so begrudging doing this if it's so good for me? And then you then you, you know, whip yourself on the back again because man, my perspective was so wrong, you know, and it's I just <laughs> think just that's adding to it. You're just yeah. adding to it. It's and I think that that's a signal. Like if if you feel like going into time with Jesus, you're doing it begrudgingly hmm. and then afterwards you feel so good about having done it, there's something there's that should be like a a signal light on the dashboard of your soul saying Okay, I think I'm living into guilt and shame. I think I've got some guilt and shame wrapped around my my relationship with Jesus.
0: And don't go inward with that. Go outward. Mm -hmm. Talk to somebody. Open up about that. Bring that to somebody because then you'll keep in that quiet solo space. But, But there's nothing wrong again with that. And in fact, I love that. I did not put my cards on the table. I do have a quiet time every single morning. I wake up. I make my coffee. I drink 40 ounces of water. I journal. And I, I engage with scripture or I engage with God in some way. And sometimes that's through prayer. Sometimes that's through reading the Bible. Sometimes that's through podcasts and kind of engaging my brain. But I always do that. But I broke my collarbone last year. I felt mm. really bad. And I did a quiet time that morning. And I... I, it, it, you know what I mean? Like it was going to happen no matter what. Maybe it mm-hmm. wouldn't have happened if I didn't have a quiet time. Maybe I would have gotten out earlier and I wouldn't have hit that patch of sand. Right. So for me in my brain, it's, I'm so glad I connected with God that day because when I broke my collarbone, I was way more likely to pray, I guess. I don't know. It hurt so bad, but <laughs> I just, i have to say, I'll have to say like the, this is part of my rhythm and I really enjoy doing it, but it's not just me waking up reading my Bible and saying, okay, I'm gonna have a great day. This is, this is something so much more deep than that. I
2: think what, what I, I think I want to make sure is said here from me is that, um, there's something so good about being disciplined and getting up every day and having time with the Lord. Like, I hope that that's not being missed in our conversation here because uh, like, like there is something so good about training ourselves towards righteousness, right. training ourselves towards having God on our lips and on our tongues, n- memorizing Scripture so that when the storms of life come, you have the words of God, the words of life on your tongue. Yeah. Like there's there is something so good about that. I think coming right out of this uh, this last series that we were just in, man, like more than ever, we as a church know that earning. Our mm-hmm. way into heaven is not the way earning our way to into relationship with Jesus is not the way. And, and I think that's what we want to part from is this idea that our quiet time is earning us or not earning us. Like it's either earning us favor or earning us by missing it, not favor with God. Like I think we will need to part from that idea. Yeah. But the idea of having like a, a regular, you know, daily office, a daily practice that we go into every day that we are, um, Finding life in with God is, man, like that's, that is not what we're wanting to part. from, Right.
0: Yeah. And that's kind of how I wanted to end it. We, Michael and I had independently come across an article about quiet times as we were doing research. And basically the guy ended by saying, usually the answer to things in life is not less time with God. (laughs) More time with God is always better. And that's certainly what we're advocating for here. And I think what we're trying to advocate for is the freedom to have more time with God. That isn't just one particular way. And that's where you get tripped up with quiet time. So I think we've definitively said at this circle in the in this in this moment, quiet time. It's a fine phrase. We can keep using it if yep. if you're if you're you know ex-evangelical friend says don't say quiet time. You can point into this podcast and say no. These <laughs> these three say it's okay. But maybe <laughs> maybe do a little bit of opening up your mind and your heart to God beyond just that moment. That's what we're saying. Beautiful. I love it. Um I'm I'm gonna end with this kind of a little bit of a left turn, but I I wanted to ask this in the beginning, but I forgot. What are your guys' favorite Christianese phrases or terms? <laughs> terms you only really hear in church. What's your favorite Christianese? Oh, <sighs> oh
1: I don't know. You really put Nikki me got off. Nikki got there, really right?
0: embarrassed. No, I'll I'll tell just, you mine if you that yeah, will help you, you. Tell me yours. I mentioned it last week with Garrick, but it's um I see that hand. <laughs> I see that hand. So you guys know what that meant, right? So that's that's a very good indicator <laughs> yeah, nice. that that's Christianese. But if uh, I like I said if I went I said this on the podcast last week, but if yeah. I like was at the beach with my friends and I see that hand, they'd be like, "What are you talking about?" That is yeah. so bizarre. So that's those that's my favorite Christianese term. I think it's so so funny, you know. There's also like grace and fellowship and, you know, this, that, or the other thing. But I'm interested. What do you guys, what do you guys think's a good Christianese term? or What's your favorite one? No, you don't have any?
1: No, I'm just, I'm blinking on exactly how it gets phrased, but it's just this idea that, you know, pastors on stage and all, I want to... I want to flush this out a little bit. Oh, I want to, you know, expand at, on the, you know, and I. I ugh, it you're just, adding you,
0: me right now. <laughs> I feel so embarrassed. That's good. Sorry. No, that's good. That's a good one. Let's flush yeah. that out. I, I think. Uh, you also, you hear pastors on stage. This is, we're going to camp out here for a second.
2: Yes. <laughs> exactly. We're going to camp on this. We're going to camp out. Yeah. yeah.
0: We're going to. We're going to really yeah. dive in this morning. Yeah. This. yeah.
2: Dive in. That's a, yeah, yeah. Dive in. That's a phrase. Dive in's a good one.
1: I think the number of times in prayer I have said. God, I just echo that oh. prayer
2: <laughs> or even
0: the just, I just, I just, Oh yes. I just, yeah, yeah, yeah. God, I
2: just,
1: I'm guilty of that. I just all, God, the just. I, all the time. I, one time,
0: one time I spoke at the big services at rolling Hills and I had a, a friend, an older woman who was very, very close. She worked with us in the senior ministry's office. She said, I just want to kind of call you out for something you said on stage. And I, I mean like it's the big service. I re I like, I combed through it all. I made sure it was good in the sense that I wasn't going to get in trouble. And she said, when you pray, you say God, like a comma, like you're like, God, I just want to say God, like you just use God as like your joining phrase and joining word between two sentences. And she's like, it's just going to really make your prayers stale. And I've thought about that. I've never really put that into practice because if you've heard me pray, I still do that. And I'm very cognizant of that. But I thought that was a really interesting thing. Like even the word God can kind of turn into that like rote phrase that Mm -hmm. we just use over and over. But Michael, I'm not letting you off the hook. What's your favorite Christianese term? Okay. My favorite, favorite Christianese term. It's not
2: favorite. It's actually my least favorite, uh, is where two or three are gathered. Oh, that's Mm -hmm. a good one. Where two or three are gathered, man. Two or three are gathered.
0: Look what God will do if there's just two or three. If there's of you. two
2: or three gathered, and the reason why it bugs me so much is that that is a phrase taken extremely right out of context. Right, yeah. like that is yes, the Lord is with us when there's one gathered. <laughs> And two and three or four, like it's, there is, God is with us always. That is a, that is something we believe, but we don't believe it because that verse says where two or three are gathered because that verse is actually about church discipline. Yeah. (laughs) It's about what we should, what we should do when we're disciplining a brother or
0: sister. Well, imagine, (laughs) imagine just what God will do if two or three are gathered quietly and just reading their Bible alone. Look at that. imagine, imagine imagine what what God will do. do what oh that's another one what won't he do or like hasn't he been good to you Oh. what won't he, what won't he do <laughs> well with that thank you guys for sitting with me and chatting uh, I feel like this was a really good conversation I hope people can experience the freedom of opening up your quiet time to not just sitting reading the Bible but experiencing God in a multitude of ways because he is available for you and he wants a relationship with you no matter how you engage with him as we said thanks guys praise him Pray- <laughs> what won't he do <laughs> I hear that I see that hand well, I was just going to say, uh,
1: uh, that was ju- just oh, like oh, oh, Viola. That is what everybody praise him or praise, praise him. I was going was was to say, oh, man, uh, you caught me off guard there, Michael. I'm just <laughs> laughing so hard right now.
0: I was going to say, just the voices, <laughs> just the voices, <laughs> just the voices. Yes, oh my yes. god, right, yes. hey, we'll, oh, no. we'll see you next weekend, <laughs> just the voices. <laughs>